passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There is only one cure for three-hour Raws. And for 205 Live. Suffering, pain, anguish, misery. We are the cure. Hello, everyone. It is John Pollock, joined by Wei Ting. And Wei, this is the show that I am calling the end of the transitional era. The end of our renegade reviews? We're leaving again, but we're going somewhere stable, Mm. somewhere new. Okay. Light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. It's like Mm. this whole time we've been staying, uh, we've been couch surfing for eight weeks and our our house is finally ready. We've really outlived our welcome. Let's be honest. We've kind of been told to, all right, hurry up. Yeah. You guys- Uh, Someone's got to go. At one point, they kind of threw our stuff out. Uh, if you remember when that show was uh, taken off from Archive. Oh, that's right. And, and then Ar- we got an apology from them. From Archive. So that was nice. So, yeah. No, uh, Archive.org has been our temporary home. It's sort of been the place where it's a place. It's kind of like Wikipedia, I believe, where you can just kind of upload free content. And it's been awesome. Like, it was just a temporary solution. I just Googled for one day. That, that day that we were let go. And it served its purpose. And on top of that, having Robert create John and Way 4.life has also been a godsend. Um, but those uh, vessels have uh, served us very well. We are about to reach our destination. We are about to. I think I'm going to donate to uh, archive.org. I think I will what too. A, what, a, what a great temporary solution this was. And we learned that it's virtually impossible to delete anything from there as well. So once... Once it's up there, even if you uh, upload a wrong-sized file, it's there. <laughs> it's not leaving. It is there forever. There must be so much just shit up there that was put <laughs> posted by mistake that people could not uh, delete. Yeah, it was. It drove me nuts. It was the uh, the NXT Takeover show, so I wasn't even doing it with you. It's just solo, uh, and I I accident like I highlighted only a portion of the show and not the entire thing, and uh, uploaded the portion. And then realize, like, why is this so small? And realize I had uploaded like six minutes of a 45 minute review. I had to redo it. And I spent like half an hour trying to delete this. And I just, I think I messaged you on your trip stating, okay, I uploaded this. I don't know how the hell to get rid of it. So I don't know if you can try and figure this out. And then you inform me, yeah, it's really tough to delete things off of this. Our, it's it's the archives. They want everything. They want everything that's ever been on the internet. So yeah, it's 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 been great for us. So I have nothing bad to say. But for those of you asking our new permanent home to be 
revealed fully on December 24th at the stroke of midnight is, of course, postwrestling.com. Bookmark it. Bookmark it. You won't see much there right now besides our social media, which you should follow. But uh, at the stroke of midnight from December 23rd to December 24th, the real Christmas, we will launch postwrestling.com. So go there, postwrestling.com, and there you can uh, get all of our new Twitter information, YouTube. You can subscribe for all of that stuff, postwrestling.com. That is where you can go right now. And a lot of people are asking about iTunes, and your prayers will be answered. We've heard you. We've heard you loud and clear. We understand. You, you all have been angels out there that have followed this that have learned about the process of taking an RSS feed and applying it to your app, um, the difficult process of not having a show that's readily available on iTunes. We have heard you. We have heard all of you. So several days, folks, several days. That's all we will say. So what a, what a nothing show we have to review for the end of this this little stopgap in our lives way, this episode of SmackDown that it reminded me of like one of like New Japan's Cork and Hall shows going into Wrestle Kingdom. It was just minus any kind of big angles or big stuff teased. Uh, this was a house show, show, really. This was just tags. Um, we did have angles on the show. There was storyline progression, mm-hmm. but it just felt as though, well, we just wrapped up our pay-per-view. And we got a long way to go until the next one. And this was kind of just a, a cruise control kind of smackdown for the newer crowd in New Jersey. Which is what I'm expecting for Raw and SmackDown next week as well. I mean, really, it just kind of feels like it's the holidays. And, you know, let's just have, create that content and just kind of get it out there so that everybody can take some time off. What you just described is not something I want a three hour show to be that, to be the mindset of producing a three hour show. Mm. Well, I mean, they are bringing John Cena. Okay. Um, yes. But what I mean is, you know, maybe a show that's low on writing it to them is simply just a, yeah, what they do for a house show. It's, you know, go out there. But that said, I mean, I can't even say that about this show. There were, there, there were angles like we were about to talk about. Yes. In the first yeah. Segment. This wasn't just a throwaway oh. show. It was just, you watched this, and it was just there was there was, there was not stuff. a ton of substance to it. Well, I mean, the Brian Shane stuff I thought was yes. quite strong. Before we start, we should provide an update on Dean Ambrose, who is hurt. Mm-hmm. And so that's it why it was. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. I was just gonna say it was a an angle. All that was an angle on Monday, but it was done because he is legitimately hurt and thus the reason underwent surgery and thus the reason why seth basically took the entire match uh makes sense so Mm -hmm. here is the uh, statement wwe.com made an mri has shown suspicion for a high-grade triceps tendon injury possibly a tear so he dean ambrose is undergoing surgical exploration and most likely surgical repair of the torn triceps tendon that surgery will be happening later this evening this was posted on tuesday and we should have some further update either later tonight or tomorrow morning as to what the findings were, what the structures that were damaged were, and also a timeline for recovery. So I would imagine by Wednesday afternoon, we'll get a good sense of how significant this is. If it's a full tear, uh, that's bad news. And of course, 
given the the timing of the WWE calendar, this is not ideal to be hurt at this point in time if you have to go through surgery. And Dean Ambrose has been the Iron Man of this company. I mean, he has prided mm. himself on he just he doesn't get hurt. I'm sure he does get hurt. He works through probably a lot, but this was the guy that. It was back-to-back years, had the most matches of anyone on the roster. And this guy, it just he just went and went and went. And, you know, you it sounds callous, but you go at that pace, you're almost due an injury at some point. It catches up to you. Yes, certainly. I mean, when you're a professional wrestler, uh, certainly. Um, I, I do wonder, you know, what, what kind of wrench this throws into what plans they had for him and as well the Shield. Uh, he is one of the current tag team champions with Seth. Am I, no, sorry, they're not. They lost. No, the they're not. Well, I guess that helps. Um, but what did you envision for the Shield heading into WrestleMania? I didn't imagine a whole lot because you've kind of gotten through this final quarter of the year that I saw keeping Roman busy with the Shield, mm-hmm. and he was kept busy, but some of that was uh, because he was taken off of the road and then uh coming back he did i mean it was a somewhat convoluted reunion because they had issues beyond their control that prevented it but going into rumble season i think you're gonna have roman a prominent part of the royal rumble and probably seth as well and then i mean roman's off to wrestlemania and seth becomes he's still a important element to raw because i think we saw this past monday um, where they were limited without a Roman Reigns on the show. Um, Seth was really counted on for not one, but two lengthy matches on the mm-hmm. show. And I think a lot will be put on his shoulders to carry some of these three-hour Raws and and put in those minutes. Um, so I don't know if this is going to mean any kind of a progression of his character because I don't see him being put into that main event mix because it just doesn't seem to work right now. But mm. maybe just paired with Roman on the house shows, they could do that. Um, maybe they can enlist their buddy Triple H as a third member of the Shield. It would make great sense. Maybe. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world to eventually introduce another member of the Shield, someone that they're very high on. I thought that, that there was the opportunity that you know you wanted to do the big um, replacement with Kurt Angle, but that was a spot too that – Maybe you do want to look at, at the idea of another S.H.I.E.L.D. member, whether it's a call-up or somebody that they see a lot in. Like, that's a big spot to put someone in. Mm. But it's an opportunity as well. And you do need – there is a viability to having that as a three-man unit for house shows and for whatever ideas you might have had. If, if Dean's gone for six months, like, I'm sure they did have ideas for the S.H.I.E.L.D. post-WrestleMania. I wonder, I wonder if they would ever introduce another member to the Shield because I feel like it would really have to be somebody uh, quite strong. And I think at this point, probably uh, maybe coming in with already a bit of a uh, you know reputation with the, the audience that the audience would actually like and not completely shit on at the beginning. Um, but that's an interesting idea. It would be a great introduction for someone that the audience wants to take to and not someone that they feel is being shoved down their throats because that would be that would be a negative. You want this to be a, a really cool group for the Roman reaction and you don't want to have another case on your hands where you throw in somebody that the audience just doesn't take to and it just becomes a you're, – you're taking away the 
the appeal oh. of the shield, which we've seen has been bulletproof and been very effective for Roman Reigns over these last couple of months, reaction-wise. Jason Jordan would be perfect as a third member for what you're trying to accomplish with him, you know, to, to basically have him be the most irritating person that, uh, that, that is receiving all these opportunities that nobody wants to see. Uh, it's that because that's kind of what I see happening more. Anybody you put into that position, it kind of has a much tougher task to live up to those expectations than, you know, um, maybe debuting completely fresh. You do then have that eventual promo segment where Kurt finally loses it on Jason Jordan and says, the only shield I care about is the one I wish I used <laughs> 25 years ago. Damn. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dad. Or should I say Kurt? All right. Well, that's enough of us rebooking the shield. <laughs> None of this sounds too promising. Mm. Let's get into this episode of SmackDown. Newark, New Jersey at the Prudential Center. Coming off of Clash of Champions, Daniel Bryan came out at the beginning and he reiterated Stephanie's announcement of the first women's Royal Rumble match. And it will be a, quote, turning point in WWE history. Have you given any more thought to this women's Royal Rumble way and any how you think this is all going to work? Because later we got a promo from Charlotte and it seems to be that they're going to they never did say 30 women on this particular show. So maybe that is something they're either keeping quiet or haven't quite decided on at this point. But it seems it's going to be the same format as the men's version where the winner will get to choose which champion they face. Yeah, certainly. As as I mean, I don't I don't know if having a rumble for the sake of a rumble and not doing that title shot uh, would would make any sense. Um, I don't. Does this know, lose something not having Charlotte or Alexa in this significant match? I mean, the way Alexa was celebrating on Monday, I'm not so sure that maybe she she's not in it. Uh, but we know that the champion, or they decided today how they're going to structure this, and now perhaps. Alexa's out of it. What I mean, I don't really have any different thoughts about the concept, but I do kind of, you know, maybe have a few more extra thoughts about just the handling of the Raw women's roster uh, in with that announcement. I mean, um, just seeing them standing there all going, yes, 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 uh, heels and baby faces united, I think. Mm, I understand what they're trying to do. I believe they just wanted to create a great scene of women celebrating this uh, this moment of liberation. Um, but I feel like it did more of a disservice to um, maintaining the credibility of your characters than you know anything else. It was just kind of all really odd. Here are all the heels and baby faces gathered together to celebrate the uh, the the words of your top heel authority figure. Um, and in the end, you know, I know that they're probably not even thinking about that. They're thinking about all the, all the PR and all the press and all the, you know, featured photos on the blog posts of just, um, Stephanie McMahon standing center stage with a group of women behind her. Sure. I just, uh, I don't know. I always wish my, my wrestling was, you know, all the PR stuff was kind of handled with a bit more uh, respect for the actual story. I just want one time to see a giant brawl on the street and then one person walks into the into the whole brawling environment and all these people stop fighting and they just stand at attention single file in a row shoulder to shoulder yeah as this this deity comes and speaks 
it that was real power no i mean certainly you know for it's kind of like it's it's the it's it's a good and bad of the wwe where uh i think a lot you know we respect them for their high level of production and i think a big part of their success is their high level of production but occasionally um it feels like they overproduce things and with something like this they had to be mindful of everybody get standing perfectly, blocking that shot perfectly so it looked good, but at the same time, uh, trying to sell this as a real moment. And, yeah, you know, sometimes it, you sacrifice one for the other. Can we agree that after watching this show, it seemed like the women on SmackDown were far less moved by this announcement? I suppose it's a day removed, so, you know. Like, what were they supposed to do? Come out and replay the video and, and do the yes thing again? I mean, that's what they did with their heel women's faction. I mean, that's kind of what you do. You just mirror what happened on Monday. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't I know. wanted a whole brawl, and I wanted Steph. I guess Stephanie couldn't come out on this show. I guess you couldn't do that. I think all the all the women on SmackDown are better off not having been a part of a segment like that. So Brian states that tonight's main event will be Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Jinder Mahal taking on Randy Orton, Shinsuke Nakamura, and AJ Styles. Shane then enters. He also mentions the Women's Royal Rumble, but he wants to chat about Clash of Champions. He recapped the finish or the near finish where Orton hit what he called the most beautiful RKO on Sami Zayn, and he was excited to count three because Zayn and Owens would be gone forever. And he counted one, he counted two, but instead of counting three, Daniel Bryan landed on top of him, broke, broke up the count, Brian notes that was an accident, and Shane says, I know that now, but I didn't at the time, and I let my emotions get the best of me. Shane says that then Zane did the roll-up on Orton, and he hesitated to count three. Not because Randy Orton once kicked his father in the head, but because he had a vision of Owens headbutting his father in the head, because Shane has only short-term memory. And he also envisioned what happened at the Hell in a Cell and how Owens and Zayn screwed his team at the Survivor Series. And again, his emotions got the best of him. And then he watched as Brian dove and fast-counted Orton. Shane outlined what he was thinking. Now he wants to know what Brian was thinking. Brian said that he was protecting Shane from himself. This prompted the crowd to chant, Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for protecting Shane from himself. They were more, I think, pro- him saving Owens and Zane, you know, and, and yes. I think the reaction on Sunday too, that it was people booing Shane for, uh, attempting to, uh, uh, Oh, for, for not counting to three when Sammy Zane was about to win, because I think this crowd, uh, really just likes Owens and Zane. Um, not that they hate Shane, but I think they, uh, I guess maybe they bought into the, the stip and they wanted Owens and Zane to stay on show. Shane says he doesn't need protection. Brian says, yes, you do. Brian wants this to be the land of opportunity for everyone. And Shane warns him that Owens and Zane will stab Brian in the back and he shouldn't show favoritism because it will bite him from a business standpoint. And this upsets Brian because he asks if what he did, he should have done what's best for business instead. And Brian says, I fought against those words and he believed in Shane and they're their unified vision. But if Shane's vision has changed, then he can go ahead and fire Brian. He doesn't want to see Shane O'Mac turn into Mr. McMahon. 
And Shane ends by stating that he respects and trusts Daniel Bryan and wishes him good luck with tonight's show. And what a show he left in the hands of Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And that was it for Shane. Very good opening segment between these two. I thought there was some great work here. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, I it's a storyline that I find uh, really good for professional wrestling because it's it's showing like a level of depth that you don't typically see in a pro wrestling feud. Uh, I thought the two right- sides have a point that you can understand. Yeah, like neither are heels. They're both still kind of towing the line where both men are justifiable in their thinking, but they are just philosophically opposed. One man happens to have a more personal vendetta against the participants, and you can, and the other one just wants to maintain neutrality. But so, we can all relate to, you know, sometimes wanting to. Uh, break the rules when you know our family has been uh you know um uh threatened right so it's it's i i actually am quite impressed with the writing here i really like the writing in the segment i thought there were some great lines how uh shane just kind of casually brings up from a business perspective and brian was able to tie that into i guess his uh history with the authority and their their uh tagline best for business uh, I thought, you know, and also uh, Brian saying he doesn't want Shane O'Mac to turn into Mr. McMahon. I thought those were all very strong lines and, you know, oh, good writing for pro wrestling. Good delivery as well. So, yeah, I like this opening segment between the two. We come back. Um, the Bellas have over a million subscribers on YouTube. One twentieth of the WWE's total. And what are we at after one day? On, on post on youtube.com slash post wrestling well we were at what 476 million on monday night <laughs> 866 really yeah 866 billion that's yeah. incredible it's amazing we like <laughs> that's incredible let's let's get us to a billion folks go okay. subscribe youtube.com slash post wrestling mm-hmm. our first match of the night was the usos against shelton benjamin and chad gable They sent Gable to the floor with a shoulder block setting up the commercial. Uh, They got the advantage on Jimmy when they returned. Jay got the hot tag, hit a Samoan drop. Jimmy's uh, dive when he came in got stopped by a knee from Benjamin off the apron. Jay then landed a super kick on Gable, climbed to the top. Benjamin scaled up, went for the suplex, but instead was knocked down. Gable came in, hit the chaos theory again to Jimmy, hits another one, and then Benjamin hoists up Jay in the air. Gable comes off the top with their finish, and Benjamin pins Jay. So they win the non-title match against the Usos. Coming off of the uh, match, the four-way on, on um, uh, Sunday, I think a lot of the attention was being was placed on Rusev and English as you know the standouts of that match uh, for their babyface reaction. And you know, I think we, you, and I were thinking whether or not they would be next in line for a title shot. Well, it looks like they had plans instead for Gable and Benjamin, and you know, who who can who you can argue were maybe the least over of the four in the match. Uh, but nonetheless, I do think, like, uh, they are starting to gain a bit of momentum, especially with their performances in the ring. I think that Chaos Theory is really helping Gable gain a, a reaction. Um, I think, you know, obviously they still have a long ways to go on the mic, especially de- developing a bit of a heel character, uh, which they I don't think they've put that much effort into yet. But I think in ring, they're start- certainly starting to regain some of that momentum. And, you know, it looks like they're the next challengers. Charlotte comes out. My wife asked me, what is she wearing? She looks like a peacock. And that's, I think, the look she was going for. This, yeah. Her, her peacock outfit. I like it. 
We got a video recap of the Royal Rumble announcement. She repeated that she beat Natalia in a lumberjack match, and it was an honor to carry this title, and says that the women from Raw and SmackDown are all going to be in this match, and there is nothing that we can't do. And it was the people that helped them. All of you guys, she said, who went on your social and were chanting in the arenas while management listened. She says that whoever wins that Rumble match, she will be waiting to defend her championship at WrestleMania. And yeah, the way this was set up is that the the champions will not be in this match. Mm. And I have a hard time imagining that the way they're going to be building this match, that Charlotte will not end up in this. Why do you say that? Because it's such a a big match for the mm-hmm. for for the women that I I mean I guess like she is kind of a focal point for the winner, but I just it she just could, seems she like could be, you, she could defend. You the need title. thirty women. Yeah. Here's the other thing too that we need to keep in mind is that um, I mean I, I suppose it hasn't really held them back in the past, but Carmella still has that money in the bank, and. Uh, I suppose in the past, I mean, they have like had people like Seth Rollins make it all the way till WrestleMania with that money in the bank. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we might see a, a a predicament where Carmella it has a title shot waiting, and then you have this Rumble winner uh, waiting for another title shot. But I, I, I also, don't, you know, like she could defend the belt on on the show um, against think, who? Maybe Carmella. Everyone's gonna be. T- yeah or whoever i don't know know, but listen if there are rumors okay that a certain former ufc women's bantamweight champion makes an appearance in that match i mean misha tate (laughs) cat yeah who else can you god holly holm holly holm yes um now if if she happens to be in the match i really don't think you you're you're lacking for any type of star power you know um yeah, I mean, it's, you know, even Sasha, I mean, maybe you need a bit more than that, but we'll see. We'll see. Then Naomi comes out and congratulates Charlotte on her title defense. Charlotte responds, thanks, Glow. And then Naomi declares that she is the first woman on the SmackDown side to enter the Royal Rumble match, to which the announcers tell us Naomi just made history. I feel there's going to be a lot of history made as we go through this first Royal Rumble. All the history that's going to be made. I know. It's, it's, at some point, it gets to be a bit much. I mean, we're only oh my two God. days in. <laughs> Liv Morgan is the first blonde to enter <laughs> the women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. She has just made history. Yeah. And then she tells Queen that she will see her at WrestleMania. The Riot Squad's out. Naomi calls them the three stooges who won't be entering the Royal Rumble, which I, I, I don't think any women will be disqualified from entering this match. Uh, she says the Rumble is not about sneak attacks. I would say there's a fair amount of sneak attacks in Royal Rumble history. She says it's about every woman for herself and calls them chicken heads, which the crowd began to chant. And Naomi seemed genuinely... Stunned that the people started chanting this and then she restarted her line. She burst out laughing. (laughs) Yeah. You fools. (laughs) Naomi then challenges two of the three members of the riot squad to have a tag match with them. And 
Uh, Daniel Bryan made the match during the commercial break, just like that. Well, I thought Naomi seemed to be genuinely having fun tonight, being in there, and she seemed incredibly comfortable and just free, you know? Um, on the, in contrast, though, I kind of felt like Charlotte just seemed a little nervous. And, and I don't know, not necessarily kind of, maybe it's this babyface character she's been trying to, uh, you know, run with, but um, I haven't felt that same type of confidence that I I see, uh, that I saw in her, and that I thought Naomi uh, exhibited here. It's, I think it's really, you know, again, when you think about where Naomi was, maybe like a year and a half ago, I feel like she's really come a long way. The tag match was, was not a whole lot here. They attacked the, the knee of Charlotte, worked it over. Naomi got the tag, knocked, knocked Ruby off the apron, and then Ruby later saved Sarah Logan. And Charlotte went for a running boot, which, again, this thing totally missed. Uh, Morgan got on the apron. Logan missed Naomi, knocking Morgan off, and then that set up the rear view finish with Naomi pinning Sarah Logan at 337. My dad enjoyed this match. Oh, did he? Yes. Does he have a particular favorite amongst the Riot Squad? Uh, no. Although he did ask me about, hey, what happened to this? Uh, there's this girl named AJ. What happened to her? And, wow. And I let her know. Uh, I let him know. He also asked me, hey, what happened to that uh, Korean girl? And I let her. I let him know that she recently retired. Oh, Gail Kim. Yes. Wow. He was getting all of his updates here. Yeah. Oh. Uh, did you, did you get to eat after I left? Yes, I did. Yes. My, my diet's really been suffering over the past several weeks. And, uh, uh, Way's dad was very concerned about Way's, uh, eating. Yeah. You and I, we, we, we need to have some ribs, I would say maybe in a couple couple weeks once, once all this stuff is out of the way. An entire rack. Yes. Way's dad was explaining this to me and I, I responded. I thought he said that. This is all really neat, what we're doing. So I responded to that and then waiting for me. No, no, no. He said, I have to eat. Well, I think he takes a look at, he, he took a look at both of us and thought, wow, you guys, you need to get some sun, first of all, and you need to get some ribs. Yeah, it's not exactly like looking in a mirror when we're watching these uh, performers. No. The New Day. Maybe this is what we could aspire to look like, Way. They were all dressed up. Uh, we had a, Gingerbread Kofi. We had uh, what was Biggie dressed up as? Just as a in a, he was an, an, he an, was an elf. elf. Yes, he was an elf. By the and, way, Elf Night coming up. Yeah, that's true. It is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday. It is Friday. And then Xavier Woods was dressed up as what, like a cow or something like that. I didn't uh, get his he, no. He was a reindeer, Christmas. dude. What are you talking about? Okay, I don't know. I oh had no idea. You're, the Christmas is your thing. How did you not recognize no, the, these? These outfits sucked. That's what they were. Okay, they were really bad outfits. Rusev and Aiden English, instant identification. We had Rusev Claus and Aiden, Aiden the Snowman. Yes, I thought it was. This, g- Sorry, go ahead, please. I want to hear your thoughts first. Yes, I'm just gonna say I think Rusev can do anything right now. And it gets over. He, he is could be, just he, he could be Kurt on Angle's, a different level. He could be Kurt Angle's a legitimate son. Oh, my God. People Kurt would, would be that. so excited. Yeah. Could you imagine Rusev as Kurt's immigrant son that he had with a woman during a, a, a worldwide uh, international tournament back in the 90s? 
He went to Bulgaria and knocked up a woman, and out came Alexander Rusev. I mean, if oh. you're, you're going to go, like, ridiculous, I I think it would be more successful than the Jason Jordan thing. I think it would be a million times better. Yeah. But and I think I think Rusev and Angle would have a pretty great match together, too, at the end of it. Oh, that'd be awesome. But you know what? Like, dressing these guys up, I thought it was a really good follow-up to the pay-per-view. I mean, I think there was some discussion about whether or not they'd be turned babyface. Listen, they already are babyfaces. They get a great reaction. But in character, their, the way they speak and their who their opponents are, they should still play heels. They should continue playing these entertaining, cartoonish heels. Uh, and I feel like that's what the audience likes about them. They're like, I don't want them to change anything. Yeah. I don't want them to change anything. I don't want them to make themselves uh, to try and play to the crowd because the crowd's all behind them. You don't have to adjust anything exactly. from where they are right now. You can exactly. book them as heels, but the audience just loves them. It sucks think... for the baby faces that have to work with them. But man, these guys are just like Rusev is just one of the just shining characters on either show at the moment. Well, what's amazing is that. I don't know exactly what they did to attract that type of attention. I mean, Rusev Day is hardly anything groundbreaking or revolutionary, okay? Um, I do, you know, I think the pairing of him in, in English is, has been fantastic for both men. But, like, it was almost just a real organic reaction that I think just built because I feel like it's it's maybe a combination of you know people liking the current act, but also people seeing that Rusev. Here's a guy who's been overlooked for a long time. He's very entertaining. He's funny. He's a great wrestler. Let's speak up and you know get this guy a push. Rusev said that no one wants the New Day shirts, and he shows off a Rusev Day shirt. English begins begins to sing, and then Rusev takes the shirt and starts stomping it. And Big E says, you unflapped the wrong jack, sucker. Might have been a pancake he actually stomped on the ground instead. I think yeah. it was the pancake, not right. the shirt. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this was fun stuff from these four. Mm -hmm. Five. Yeah. Then we had Dolph Ziggler. The latest chapter in the ever-expanding book that is Nick Nemeth. Dolph Ziggler walks out. With his title, he is uh, he has a dress shirt, he has a blazer, and he has ripped up jeans. And there were about 10 people chanting, you deserve it, as he entered the ring. And he said, I told you so. And all the people who wondered why he was in the match on Sunday, this is why, as he holds up the title. And if you thought this win was out of nowhere, you haven't been paying attention for the last 12 years. Because I'm always throwing a bone every couple of years and then... Have it taken away from me. He says he walks into work and he has accepted every challenge that has been presented. He isn't called the biggest or the best or the most charismatic. Actually, no, that doesn't make sense. He's not the biggest or most charismatic, but he is the best. No one can do what he does in this ring. Nobody calls him the best, though. He calls himself the best. Yeah. Then... He told us this is the start of his second reign as United States champion. Don't believe him? Well, he has video proof he has won this title before. And we go back to June, June of 2011, when Dolph Ziggler, a short-haired Dolph Ziggler, beat Kofi Kingston at the Capital Punishment pay-per-view 
which was headlined by R-Truth. And what made this clip was Tom Phillips stating, I remember this. It was a great moment for Dolph Ziggler. If you... R-Truth and who? R-Truth versus John Cena was the main event of that show. Was that uh, the Little Little Jimmy stuff? Yes. That's when R-Truth was doing all his, his crazy promos leading up to that particular pay-per-view yeah that was seven years ago that's crazy yes so for the life of me uh i could never possibly conjure up this memory but it was here in video form then yeah yeah that was it then we went on to highlights of all five of his intercontinental title reigns then him winning money in the bank. Okay, uh, the, 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 what was funny about like him going through all the IC title reigns were that like three of them were within the span of like maybe <laughs> six months of each other. It just kind of like eh, highlighted some of their shit. And then there was game. an enormous gap until the one last year where he had his career on the line against yeah. the Miz. One money in the bank, and then finally they show him cashing in his money in the bank down the road at the IZOD Center. And he says he's one of the most decorated superstars in WWE history, and he goes unappreciated year after year. He says, you're not worthy of my presence. You don't deserve me. He stares at the title, places it down on the mat, tosses the microphone, and he walks out. I was wondering on this show, what what follow-up is there going to be from Natalia's big promo on Sunday? And I realized they were just going to do almost verbatim what they did with Natalia on Sunday with Dolph Ziggler. This was so similar. Oh, it was exactly the same thing. Both blonde. <laughs> um, I don't think one has anything to do with the other. Uh, I don't. Just coincidental, I suppose. You know what? I mean, Ziggler came out, cut a good promo, uh, as I think, you know, you can know, everybody can expect, um, and puts down the title and teases quitting. Uh, the fact that he's the second person to do it, and also the fact that he's a champion doing it, I think is, you know, a bit intriguing, you know? It's, it's at least not just him defending the belt again against Baron Corbin, which I think would have been terrible. But him giving up the belt, it makes me wonder, like, what, what this is all leading to. There's some interest there, just given the nature of the title. What could it be? Oh, I hope the elimination of this title. Yeah. That would be great. I don't think anyone would shed a tear if the United States title was gone. Mm. Done with. Two reigns in all for Dolph Ziggler. Brian just remarks on the segment and calls it interesting. Owens and Zane walk in. They're celebrating. They hand Brian some champagne. He doesn't drink. Brian says he didn't do it for them or for the fans. He did it for all of SmackDown. Owens and Zayn believe the real reason is that he has always held a grudge against Randy Orton for stealing his title and working with the authority in 2013. And now Shane's trying to do the same thing to them. And all three of them got the last laugh. Brian says they're delusional and he has the power that he could fire them himself. Mm -hmm. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods versus Rusev and Aiden English. Rusev came in and he was bouncing his head around so much that his Santa hat fell off and English had to just quietly grab it and remove it from the ring. Rusev was like in another universe here. Uh, The crowd started chanting Rusev Day in the style of the New Day chant, which was Mm -hmm. amusing. Kofi and Woods 
go into Santa's sack and start tossing merchandise out to the fans, and they find happy Rusev Day underwear. Rusev and English then attack them from behind. They go through the break. Rusev is then standing on Kofi when we return. They end up going to the floor. Rusev and English, they put the pancakes on the announcer's desk, add whipped cream on top, and then one single cherry. And they try to put Xavier's face into the pancakes. He stops, and Kofi does this enormous trust fall down to Rusev on the floor, which looked crazy. And then Woods flapjacks English into the plate, which allowed for the line. He flapjacked him into the flapjacks and got mm. whipped cream all over the face. Woods then scaled the top, hit a flying elbow, and pinned Aiden English. I thought this was awesome. I thought it was a, about as great of a comedy match as you could expect from this. They made a spot out of sending a guy through a pile of pancakes. And the audience went crazy for it. I thought this was booked to tweet Daniel Cormier. <laughs> That's what I thought of the whole time. Uh, very possible. I think it depends on your taste in pro wrestling. But I listen, it's the New Day and it's Rusev in English. Both of which are very much comedy tag teams at the moment. Uh, and I thought they, they were dressed up in Christmas outfits. You can't really expect anything straightforward. Uh, the fact that they were able to have fun with it and design a great spot that got a great crowd reaction, I think is a positive. Um, and I certainly think even with this ridiculous loss, I mean, Rusev and English are more over today, this week, than they were you know, a week, two weeks, a month ago. I think they figured out exactly kind of what this crowd wants out of that team, and they delivered here. And our final match was a six-man tag. Styles, Orton, Nakamura against Owen Zane and Jinder Mahal, who, I mean, he was in the main event, but this, at least tonight, coming off the pay-per-view, this feels like either Jinder, they're going to come up with a new program for him, but whatever it is, it's, Moving on from the title picture. It mm -hmm. seems like this experiment is coming to a close, much like 2017 is. Mm. Orton dropped Mahal onto the announcer's desk. Heels got the heat on Orton, stomped him down, went through the break. Graves notes that Owens and Zayn uh, were celebrating over keeping their jobs. And they should have been because as WWE superstars, quote, you can't just leave and find employment somewhere else. Oh. Oh, this this is such a specialized industry that this is the only place you can work at. Or does he mean like they're bound to contract like Neville? Uh, I don't know if he was implying that. Oh. I think he was stating that this is the only place people with this skill set can make a living. Mm. What else? You can't you can't go do this anywhere else. Yeah, I'm sure Owens and Zane would would argue that point. Orton sent Zane to the floor. This allowed uh, Styles to be tagged in. Later on, we had Nakamura in with Zane. He went for an armbar. Owens broke that up with a senton. And then we just went through a series of spots. Mahal DDT'd Orton. AJ hit the Pele kick to Mahal. And then a forearm to Owens down on the floor. The Sings got involved, preventing Nakamura from hitting the Kinshasa. This led to the Sings being ejected. And then Orton nailed Mahal with the RKO, grabbed the Sings, and hit the double draping DDT to both Sings. And then we saw a phenomenal forearm to Owens and the Kinshasa to Sami Zayn with Nakamura pinning Zayn. And we went off the air with the babyfaces celebrating. Fun six-man tag. 
fun on a show. Yeah, that was yeah. This was a house show main event. Yeah, yeah. But a good one. What was the uh, match at the tribute for the troops? I could not tell you. Oh, okay. Uh, it was these three though together. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just I was just curious. But yeah, no, no real storyline implication coming out of this. It was just, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, their most famous people in matches together. And uh, overall, I mean, um. I really enjoyed the Shane Bryan stuff. Uh, I thought Rusev New Day was a lot of fun. And maybe that's it. That that was it. I yeah. mean, there was... It was okay. It was fine. I, don't, I didn't think it was a bad show. No, not a bad show. Um, maybe not enough to sustain and hold your interest for two hours. Yeah. But there oh, was stuff in this. We finished this review in pretty fast. Well, that was... There wasn't a whole lot in depth to go into on the on the show beyond maybe a two segments or so. Mm-hmm. They're pacing themselves. I mean, they got what six weeks after this. Yeah, they've got a they've got a long road ahead to the uh, the Royal Rumble, and, and and it's a show where like I mean, you don't really have that much to build up. It's you know, it's people saying they're going to enter the Royal Rumble for the most part, which they'll probably wait until the second week of January to start saying those words. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is it. That was SmackDown, and that is our show. Uh, as we said, this is this is the end of the transition era. It all begins again on Saturday, December. No, on Sunday, <laughs> on December twenty fourth. Everyone, I'm getting my days mixed up. December twenty fourth, Christmas Eve. Myself and Way will be back. It is our Christmas show. We are hoping to be joined by. Some people. Huh, a lot of invites people. invites have been sent. Yeah. I hope we hear back. And tune in on Christmas Eve. You're gonna see who who shows up. Maybe it's gonna be me and Way just talking alone for the whole time. On this show- jingles. Uh yes, of course. Lovely jingles. And thank you all for your entries. The uh contest is currently closed. Uh, but thank you all who have submitted. If you are currently working on your con- uh entry and didn't finish in time. Save it for next year. We'll do this yes. again. Uh, but on this Christmas show, it will be the first show of the post-wrestling revolution. And on this show, we will talk about basically everything that we have planned uh, for this new project. Let's. I'm already saying too much. I'm already saying too much. Just listen. Uh, go to postwrestling.com, December 24th, 2017. Yes, postwrestling.com. That is your go-to destinational spot at the moment. Uh, We will keep you posted, uh, literally. And uh, that is it. Uh, For those of you that have followed all of our shows for the last two months, uh, we know it wasn't the the easiest to to maintain and follow, uh, but I think I can speak for way. Uh, When we have seen the numbers for what these shows have done uh, beyond just the first week, millions, right up, Millions. (laughs) Millions. <laughs> right up until now, um, they've it's been incredible how many of you have all stuck with the shows that have gone out of your way to find our shows. Um, thank you to archive.org, something I'd never even heard of until October the 30th. So it's been a fun, it's been a fun ride these last two months away. It has, yes. It's been fun and uh it'll be more fun after the twenty fourth. All right, that is all. Postwrestling.com.